I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 24. You are called to preach my gospel, studying Doctrine and Covenants, sections 30 through 36. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm Donica Contour, your host. I'm a mom of four kids, wife of a high school theater teacher, and my favorite show to binge watch is Murder, She Wrote. All right, so today we're actually going to start in the Come Follow Me book. Um, There's a little um, quotation in there that I really stuck out to me. I really wanted to focus on this, at least in the beginning. Um, It says, God has never hesitated to call upon the unlearned to preach the gospel. I was talking to my husband about this and I said, why do you think that is? Like, what do you, what do you know? What does that tell you about the nature of God? That he's never hesitated to call upon the unlearned. And he said, my husband said that he thought that it meant that God has no problem using anybody, like literally anybody can be an instrument in God's hands if they're willing. Um, and you don't necessarily have to have degrees or money or social standing or anything at all. Um, you can be a 14 year old kid and be used by heavenly father to change the world. Um, and I was thinking about it and I want to say it was mother Teresa. And I think I've quoted this before, I'm probably going to butcher it because I'm just doing it off the top of my head. But she said something about how um, somebody was complimenting her on all of her charitable acts. And she said something to the effect of, um, I was merely the instrument. And we don't, we don't compliment the brush when we see a work of art by um, a great painter, right? We we compliment the master, the guy who actually did the painting. We don't compliment the instrument. Um, and that was, that was the general concept of her, of what she was saying. And I was thinking about this, about how literally anybody, anybody can be a tool for good in the hands of God. But we have to be, the difference between us and a paintbrush is we have to be a willing tool, whereas a paintbrush um, is an inanimate object and doesn't have a will of its own, right? Um, so anybody, anybody can preach the gospel. Anybody can do the work of God because he is more powerful than any of our deficiencies. And he is more powerful than any power other human beings have if that makes sense, no matter how much money, no matter how much social standing, no matter how many degrees and how fancy they are, having heavenly father on your side is always going to be better. If that makes sense. Okay. So, um, one of the other, um, spots I wanted to jump into was doctrine and covenants 31 verse 13. Um, And I was thinking about how, while we are created in God's image, um, he and his word are not of man. And I really liked this particular quotation or this scripture, not quotation. Um, 
He says, be faithful unto the end, and lo, I am with you. These words are not of man, nor of men, but are but of me, even Jesus Christ, your Redeemer, by the will of the Father. And I love that he doesn't, he re-emphasizes the fact that this, this isn't coming from man. This is coming from Christ um, by the command of Heavenly Father. Um, because I think sometimes we we judge God by the laws of man, if that makes sense, right? We judge things by the circumstances that we've experienced, the um, history of our own personal lives. And from our personal experiences, we can say, mm, human beings not always great at keeping their words. And so I think sometimes we tend to apply what we know of man to God, kind of forgetting that God is a perfect and eternal being who isn't bound by humanness, right? Um, and then I really liked, there's a scripture in Enos, um, chapter one, obviously, verse 17, and it says, and I, Enos, knew, um, knew it would be according to the covenant which he had made, wherefore my soul did rest. And I like this idea of Enos has such faith in Heavenly Father that once he's made a covenant with him and he says, yes, I'm going to do this, like that Heavenly Father has said to Enos that he's made this covenant with him, his soul rests. He doesn't continue to dwell on it. That's something I struggle with a lot personally is asking a question and then being okay with the answer that that's that I'm like, I'm settled with the answer, even though initially it might calm me. I will sit there and I will stew on it a little bit. Um, and even though it might ex be exactly the answer I want, I start to doubt whether or not it's going to come to pass. And I have a really hard time taking an answer um, and really just letting my soul be at peace with it. Um, it takes a lot of a lot of mental energy on my part, and it's something that I'm working on. Um, so... Prayer, right? We know this. Prayer is how we communicate with Heavenly Father. Um, we have Doctrine and Covenants section 30, verse 6. And I was reading this and the thought came to my mind, do you hesitate to pray? Um, I personally don't. Like this is something, and I don't know if this comes from my upbringing. I don't know if this is something I adopted myself. I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly, um, but I feel like I've always had a pretty open relationship with Heavenly Father to the point where if I'm missing something, like if I'm looking for my keys or my phone, like if it's been longer than five minutes, I say a prayer about it. Like literally, if it's been, if we hit minute five, I'm like, okay, I can't find it. Let's say a prayer and I know I'll find it. I know I'll find it. Um no matter what it is, my instinct almost always is, well, <laughs> did you say a prayer about it? Like, like literally everything. I have friends that will ask me questions. Be like, well, I'm not sure about what, you know, to do with this class. Or I'm not sure what to do with this job. Or I'm like, well, did you say a prayer about it? Like, that's always my question. That's always my first question. I feel like, um, and if I don't say it out loud, I'm definitely thinking, well, did you pray about it? Um, so I wanted, I wanted to ask you to ask yourself, do I hesitate to pray? Do I, 
do I feel comfortable talking to Heavenly Father and asking him questions and searching for that peace and that hope and that guidance from him? Um, I don't, I honestly, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have that as a part of my daily life. Okay. Um, and then there's the hope of Israel. I don't even know what to call it. Like the program, I guess, um, where president Nelson talked to the youth. I want to say it was summer 2018. Pretty sure it was summer 2018. Cause I think I was pregnant with Edmund at the time. Um, but anyway, that was one of the things that references. It's quite a long read. I'm not going to lie. It's a pretty long one, but it's worth it. It's so good. Um, if you can't read it, I'm pretty sure you can still watch it, um, on the gospel library app, but in it, president Nelson says, take your questions directly to your heavenly father in prayer. Ask him in the name of Jesus Christ to guide you. You can learn for yourself right now at your age, how to receive personal revelation and nothing will make a bigger difference in your life than that. And I think it's so key to Heavenly Father's character that prayer and personal revelation are something that are so heavily um, encouraged, but also so important. Um, Heavenly Father wants to communicate with us and he wants us to communicate with him. He want He wants it to be a back and forth open conversation. He wants that relationship with us. Um, and I think that that's really key in understanding him. Okay. And then one last, um, spot I wanted to go into is doctrine and covenant section 35 verse 24. And I'm actually going to read this one because I, uh, I wanted to touch on this. Okay. It says, keep all the commandments and covenants by which you are bound. And I will cause the heavens to shake for your good. And Satan shall tremble and Zion shall rejoice upon the hills and flourish. Okay. And I underlined in my notes, I will cause the heavens to shake for your good. And I wanted to talk about this for a second because the image I get when I think of the heavens shaking is not one that I would describe immediately as for my good, if that makes sense. It sounds like it's going to be something possibly kind of terrifying, you know, um, I think about like a big storm specifically. Um, and I think it's important to note that sometimes we're going to go through things that feel big and scary and overwhelming, and they're going to be for our good. And that heavenly father always has a plan for us. And whether, whether we're going through trials because we're human and we don't always make the best choices, whether we're going through trials because we live around humans who don't always make the best choices and we're dealing with the consequences of other people's choices, or if it's because we live in this world and sometimes things happen. I personally like the thought that everything happens for a reason, right? Even big, scary, really horrible things 
I like the thought and you, if you don't like it, you don't have to hold on to this. Okay. Um, I'm not telling anybody that you have to think this way. I'm just saying for me, it brings a lot of peace. This idea that heavenly father has a plan for me and that all the big, scary things have a purpose. And sometimes the purpose is just me being more aware of what's going on in the world. Sometimes the purpose is me picking up the flag for a specific cause. Um, and sometimes the purpose is strengthening me. Um, I did a post on, uh, Instagram. Oh, I never did that one today. Oh no. Yeah, I did. I don't remember. Anyway, I did a post on Instagram yesterday. Um, so when you get this, it'll be a couple weeks ago. Um, but it was about, uh, tummy time. My youngest baby is three months old and he's struggling with, with tummy time. Um, sometimes he goes down and he's just fine. Other times he goes down for tummy time and he's, he is one mad little dude. Um, and I talked about, I likened it to trials about how they're necessary for us to build strength. They're necessary for us to develop properly. They're necessary for us to have the strength to be able to do things later. And I was thinking about it also, um, here in the next year, he'll learn how to walk. And part of the necessary development and the necessary journey of learning to walk is falling down. Um, and I think sometimes the world would have us believe and our brains especially would have us believe that failure is, you know, I've often heard people say, oh, failure is not an option. And I think that that's so sad to have that mentality of failure is not an option because failure is absolutely an option. It's always an option. It's always an option to fail. Um, because we learn from failure. That's something that we learn from every single time. And whether it's because we learn because we're like, oh, I made the choice to quit something. You know, we look at that as a failure and like, I don't want to do that again. Or whether it's, we learned something because we tried something and it didn't work. And that we categorize that as a failure. Um, anyway, I was just thinking about strengthening and how falling down and failing and all trials, all of it comes back to us learning and us growing. And the whole point is that all of it, all of it is for our good. All of it is for our benefit, even though we can't always see it when we're in the thick of it. Okay, so let's jump to the plan of salvation. I just have one thing written here. Um, in the hope of Israel, again, I'm not sure what to even call it event. Maybe, um, sister Nelson also speaks and I have read this for a different podcast. Um, I actually don't remember which one it was, but anyway, and I highlighted it then. And I don't think I ever talked about it and I highlighted it again when I was rereading it. And I just love this so much. And I think it's something I really wanted to talk about this time around. And she says, the only thing that really matters is that you and I are doing exactly what we committed, even covenanted pre-mortally with our heavenly father, we would do while we are here on earth. So let me ask you a question. What were you born to do? 
This is something I have thought about a lot. I think about, you know, especially when we're talking about plan of salvation. Um, what was I, what was I born for? What was I, what was I sent here to do? And I'm not saying that every single one of us have these big, like, be the prophet, be the president of the United States, be the queen of England type missions to accomplish while we're here on earth. But all of us have missions to accomplish while we are here on earth, right? They don't all look the same because we're not all the same and we don't all serve the same purpose. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in the fact that, well, my mission doesn't look like her mission. And so mine must not be as important as hers, right? My mission on earth doesn't look like the queen of England's. So mine must not be as important. Um, and I got thinking about it in terms of there's a scripture. I want to say it's in the, um, old Testament that talks about body parts, about how, you know, we have eyes and we have a mouth and we have hands and we have feet and how in order for the body to function, in order for the body to work, we have to have all these different body parts um, and they all have to serve different purposes. If our feet serve the, serve the same purpose as our nose, like then what's the point of the feet, right? Or what's the point of the nose? We only need one thing to do that job. Um, and I think about that in terms of our personal purposes um, here on earth that we, they're not going to look the same. They're not going to look the same from person to person. And they're not supposed to look the same from person to person because we are each of us individual and we are each of us here to serve that individual purpose, right? Um, so... I'm not sure. I'm, I mean, when I think about the answer for Sister Nelson's question, what was I born to do? I don't know yet. I don't feel like I know yet, but I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like I'm getting close. And as long as I keep following Heavenly Father and he's going to keep telling me what to do. Um, I've often said that I feel like revelation comes in one of two ways. It either comes like this parting of the Red Sea or it comes like the ark carriers, right? With the ark carriers, every, every time they took a step into the water, it separated, the water moved, right? And so they're able to take a dry path through, but they, and then there's Moses with the Red Sea where he goes up to it and he says, hey, um, we need a path. And it's just whoosh, this like straight up red path, dry path right through the Red Sea. For me, most of the time, I don't get the Red Sea. I get the art carrier experience where I get one step at a time and I have to take the step. I go, okay, Heavenly Father, I feel like this is the step I should take. And I take that step and then the water um, gets dry around me as I take the step. I can see the path unfold one step at a time versus all of it from point A to point Z. I get one step at a time. Um... And so I feel like I'm moving towards whatever my purpose, whatever it was I was born to do. I'm moving there one step at a time, but I have to be listening to Heavenly Father. I have to be constantly asking him and seeking that guidance and then following the guidance. Okay, so I want to end with a quotation uh, in a scripture. Just kidding. Doctrine and Covenants, section 35, verses 26 and 27. Um, so here we go. 
Let me turn my pages over here. This is just, I just thought it was a good place to end. Okay. Lift up your hearts and be glad your redemption draweth nigh. Fear not, little flock. The kingdom is yours until I come. Behold, I come quickly. Even so, amen. And I just wanted to end with that. Fear not, little flock. Because I think sometimes if you watch the news, <laughs> the world seems big and scary and heavy and overwhelming. And it feels like there's so much bad out there. Um, and ultimately, at the end of it all, Heavenly Father is 100% in charge. Um, if you read Revelations, none of what is happening in the world is a surprise to Heavenly Father. Um, nothing what is happening is a surprise to the prophet. So pay attention to what he's telling us to do. Um, and fear not. Fear not, little flock. I just love that. Um, and I'll talk to you next week. 